0: I'm a confidence coach and I'm a bold stand for confidence and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my darlings. I am so excited to bring you another sister story. Y'all know I love highlighting the women that I work with because they are everyday real women, just like you. And I want you to hear yourself in these stories. Oh, Andrea, this story is very special to me. Andrea was someone who was listening to my podcast for a long time, maybe like you. She sent me a beautiful email about how the podcast had changed her life and had helped her and she was going through a breakup and a split from her husband. And it was so crazy to hear from her, as it always is to hear from my amazing listeners and the followers. And I wrote back to her, of course. And then all of a sudden, we opened the Global Sisterhood the online version of the year long program that I do. And she ended up joining the wait list. She ended up doing the pre-sale. She jumped into the sisterhood. Like we have been working together. We have been chatting on Instagram. I told her, listen, I am loving where you're at. You have just grown so much. You've done so much. You are constantly showing up. You are someone brand new. And I really want to interview you. Um, of course she said, yes. And she shared so much in this episode. And I just really want to give it up to her because it was the first time that she shared this um, so publicly. And I know that this is going to help those of you who may have been or maybe are currently in a relationship with someone who's a narcissist, in a relationship where you're verbally abused, in a relationship where you know you're not being valued. And I really hope that in this episode, you find the strength that Andrea found to do something about it. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. You have such an amazing story and I feel like so I feel like I resonate with you even though we don't have the exact same story. I feel like we've got the same grit and that same like resilience and that that thing that you just have where you don't give up and you fight and you I don't know what it is, but I feel like we're past life. Like I'm like, you're we're the same girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and yeah yeah. I know what you mean um like that time when we had a coaching call and you're like we're like cockroaches we just we survive we don't give up yes even though I hate cockroaches me too (laughs) I was like okay that's disgusting but yes she's right (laughs) Mm. I know isn't it gross I I know what you mean <laughs> but we survivors. So, okay, cool. Yes. So for everybody
0: that needs to know, because we just got into it, Andrea is one of my clients, students, amazing Soul Sisters in the Global Sisterhood, which is our online year-long experience. It's not even a program, it's like a life-altering experience. And, you know, I think I, I really wanted to talk to you, and I'm I'm spotlighting certain people because you are a real person who your life looked totally different last year and you haven't even been in for that long, but you know what you've overcome. And so I want you to share like your story and who you are, but just to give you listeners out there a little bit of a heads up, she is a woman who has overcome so much and is still daily battling her fucking demons. And she's a mother, you know, lots of history and shit that happens, but like, She is going for it. She is showing up. She's giving it a go. She's falling down, getting the fuck back up and not even talking about the fall, just moving on to the next thing. And I really rate you because there are, you know, I always get interested in like why people are successful and other people aren't and why me and you could read the same book and someone does something amazing with it and someone else does fucking nothing with it and it's the same book, you know? So um, just to give everybody a little bit of a background about you, I guess, you know, what's your backstory prior to working on yourself, prior to joining the sisterhood and working with me? Like what was your who were you back then?
1: Oh man, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um I was many things. I was I was that person who was just like Angel says, was wearing all the fucking masks and every day was like, you know, I'm a I'm a veteran now, so when i was in the air force i'd get ready for work i'd put on that uniform and i'd pretend like i was this badass like people i work couldn't tell me shit. yeah so you know i would take orders here and there i'd be like you get on my fucking nerves but yeah i'm gonna do that and <laughs> um you know but then when i'd get home it was a whole nother story um you know i was living with my now well legally we're still married considering my ex-husband um so me and the boys I've got two boys um you know I was living with him or should I say we were living together in the same household you know I've traveled all over the place I joined the military at 18 straight out of high school I knew that I didn't know what I wanted to do I I didn't know my purpose I just knew hey I just want to do shit I just want to get around the world and just figure out what I like and find out who I am. And I ended up meeting um, meeting him really young, you know, my first duty station. Mm. And um, I was definitely a people pleaser. I wanted to fit in and I wanted people to like me. And I wanted to be the cool person, the person, I mean, I have charisma. I'm not going to lie. Most I can walk into a room and get along with at least one person. Um, but it was like this void that I wanted to fill. Like there was just, I wasn't happy with myself. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just, there's so many things I, I didn't speak up for myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I didn't communicate my needs, my wants all the time. I would put people before myself, you know, not just my kids, but, like, everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, people could say, hey, I need help with this, and I'd drop whatever the fuck I was doing, and I'd go and rescue them because I do care about people, and I I can be very nurturing, um, but that can be dangerous.
0: Yeah, it was coming from a place of, I guess, like, not looking after you, but trying to just, I guess, maybe distract yourself with other people and help them and do for them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Um, and,
0: and so how did you, were you in a relationship? Did you meet him in the military? Were you guys like military couple
1: or Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were both, um, active duty air force. Um, he was on his way out the door. Yeah. And I was, I had just walked in the door. Like, I was like, wow, this is a whole new world. Like, you know, hey, here I am. (laughs) And, you know, um, one of my best friends in the air, she's still in the Air Force. She's still one of my best friends, but she introduced us. um, And we hit it off. I mean, I was a totally different person than I am now at the time. And we ended up getting along. We ended up, you know, just hanging out, going on dates, didn't date, didn't date for very long. Um, I didn't even tell my family about him, like my parents or anything. I was just, I am a rebel. Mm. Love to break the rules. So it's funny because I'm a rebel, but I joined the military. Same and then girl. I, I was <laughs> like, what the fuck am I here for? I don't even like this shit. <laughs> There's yeah. too many rules.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, so I don't know. So, we, I guess because he was a rebel, I was drawn to that. I was attracted to that. And yeah. we, we find out the hard way yes. that boy isn't really the man <laughs> of our dreams. Yes, um,
0: yes, yes,
1: yes. Oh, so yeah, gosh. we, we ended up having our first child. I mean, we were, weren't even dating for like, but a few months. Um, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, um, I was overseas we had um, we had Riley in Germany, so we went from South Korea to Germany. I've lived all over, um, literally hopped on a plane seven months pregnant with that kid. Wow. In my- <laughs> from South Korea to Germany in like a two-day span, and um, a couple months later ended up having him in a German hospital. It was awesome, and everything started out amazing. It was like... You would think it was a fucking fairy tale. And I heard somebody say something today that the problem is we believe that there are fairy tales.
0: Mm.
1: And nobody's perfect. And um, so fast forward from Germany, we moved to Georgia. Back to America. Um, six months later, I'm still in the Air Force. Six months later, I get deployed. I go to Afghanistan. That was like my blowing. Yeah. Oh saw the big picture of like the military,
0: Mm. you know, when you're
1: at the duty station you're just doing your everyday job, you're like, eh, I'm just a number, whatever. But then when you go over there and you see like what's really going on, Mm. shit was crazy to me. Um, Came back. We had a deployment baby, basically (laughs) our second. (laughs) What does that um, mean for the people months that later. don't know? <laughs> so baby? a deployment baby is like when you come back and you like have like that rekindling <laughs> you know? and everybody's like, Oh, I miss you so much. And that's and babies. Babies. <laughs> <you> <laughs> so yeah, a few months later, um, find out that we're pregnant again, I had the second one and, um, I didn't realize at the time, but even he pointed out to me that I had a hard time adjusting, coming back from deployment. And I guess you can say that's where a lot of like my anxiety and like depression started to creep in. Yeah. And, um, and then I had that, we had that baby that was a home birth, a water birth, beautiful experience. Wonderful. Um, I mean, talk about undisturbed and like really internalizing and just doing it.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And then, um, and then after that, that's when a lot of like issues started to happen. And, um, I started experiencing things like postnatal depression, um, really bad anxiety. You know, I went back to work six weeks later, which is more than what most women get in America. Yeah. The maternal leave culture is full. Cool. And, um, so it was actually him who pointed out, you know, maybe you should talk to somebody. So I ended up going to therapy, getting like the best therapist ever. Like she, me and her were two peas in a pod. Like she was amazing for me. And so fast forward, I ended up going to therapy for a total of about four years. Awesome. Um, and it ended up being her. She was the one that straight up told me, you know, I would go to her and I'd talk to her about like home life, work life, you know, my whole life story from, you know, tell me about your family history to up until now. And she was the only person that looked me in the face and was like, your husband's a narcissist.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: So I didn't take it very well, you know, um, You could say, I, I will say I was straight up in denial. Like I was like, no, no, I'm not, no, like this is not happening to me. What are you talking about? It's me. I'm the problem. Mm. So I just, I look back and I'm like, wow, I blamed myself for so much. And, you know, since doing the work, I do take responsibility for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. But then it, when I was in that reality, it was just like, "Oh my gosh i'm I'm this horrible person, like I'm never good enough, nothing I say is good enough, nothing I do is good enough. I can never do anything right mm. oh, what do you it
0: think
1: just- it what do you think it was
0: like at that time for you that you thought that like that that was coming to you, that you thought it was you or that you thought that you were to blame, and that you, you, what do you think that was? Was it the postnatal depression? Was it your environment? uh, What do you feel like it was?
1: I think it was the perfect storm of when, not just when we're pregnant and in Mm -hmm. labor and birth, but even in early postpartum, even up to two years postpartum, you're still in a very vulnerable state. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a perfect storm of, I was still so vulnerable and, I really valued his opinion and anything that he said. And, you know, I was the breadwinner. I was, I was the only one working. He, he was getting some money, you know, but I was the one going to work every day and he yeah. was dad, which was awesome, you know, um, cause daycare is fucking expensive. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but um, if you look on the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, there's actually statistics on there. And women who make more money than their partners, um, you know, mostly uh, male and female partnerships, women who are the ones going to work every day and bringing in more income, are 65% of them are more likely to go through psychological abuse. Wow. So when I found that out, I was like, uh, this shit just keeps making more and more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you can you can understand how like a man would feel invalidated, yeah, um, he would feel not heard, um, you know, just felt like he had to overcompensate in a way. Yeah, you know, I know yeah. it sounds ugly, but that's how he acted. Um, so yeah, I think it was just that perfect storm of, I was just, mm. well, he's my partner and I should value what he thinks, And then I was also so vulnerable and it was just a combination of, you tell me to jump? Or he says, jump. And I say how high yeah. that I was falling on my face each time.
0: Wow. And too now, because oh. the work that you do now is with mothers and with women and doula work and we're going to get to mm-hmm. that part, but now with your hindsight, right? Like what you can see and, and you've probably you're probably going to or probably already have come across clients that were like where you were. We know it's so difficult. Never mind the military dynamic, right? I never went to Iraq, mm-hmm. but like my husband had when he came back, totally different. And yeah. I think our generation, like our generation in our thirties, I think you're in your thirties, right? Are you in your thirties, girl? Or am I
1: I am twenty seven.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, you little baby, Andrea. Okay. <laughs> I used to like you. Just kidding. Andrea like is the bomb, and she's twenty seven. Look at how look at what you've lived at twenty seven, sister. Oh my goodness. So I'm gonna talk for my old ass self and my thirty six year old <laughs> self and say that like I don't think we before nine eleven like we didn't know what war was. We didn't really you know mm-hmm. like our grandparents talked about Desert Storm and all that, but it felt so old. Yeah, we just heard about it. You know, right, like. Yeah. So for us to like, I think that the military right now, or like back in the day when you went, when Iraq happened, when that nine eleven happened, I think that I don't even think that the military was ready to support those young people and old people that went overseas for that. So that dynamic on top of having a child, another child, being a mm-hmm. mother, my goodness, like, of course, that storm you wouldn't have seen. And you had many elements. And this is why I wanted people to hear your story because you had so many elements. Um So now you're in this relationship, you, there's verbal abuse, physical abuse, all abuse, like mm-hmm. how you? Yeah. Well, there wasn't any
1: physical abuse. Thank goodness. Coming from all that, like there's all that that's
0: stacked on top of you. Right. And then you're mm-hmm. in this relationship. So of course you can't even see that you're with someone that may not be good for you or that's like, you, you didn't see all the
1: red flags, Right. Right. Well, and, and let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, this didn't, this, uh, abuse for me, this abusive experience for me, it didn't begin with this guy. It began for me in high school.
0: Uh Okay. So I
1: dated a guy in high school and he was controlling, he was possessive, was extreme. He was a master manipulator. Yeah. And I, so fucking head over heels for this guy. And my mom, like, probably wanted, I'm pretty sure she wanted to like grab me by the shoulders and shake me like, wake up, girl, what are you doing? Yes. Um, you know, and I didn't learn the first time. Um, I finally, you know, ended things and I even had to like block him on everything. And I, this day, I'm like, fuck, I hope I don't see what's his face mm. um, because he's just a fucking dog is a dog, a cat's a cat and a narcissist yeah. is a narcissist. Right. So, yeah. um, so it didn't start with my ex-husband. It started with that guy. I didn't learn the lesson. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, you know, any of your followers know you've told us before, if you don't deal with your shit, it is going to deal <laughs> with you. So that's what yes. happened with me. You know, I can see that now that life was like, Oh, you don't want to learn this lesson. All right, I got you.
0: This is like same guy, different dick. That's my yep, favorite Yep, they're say. like,
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, when I heard that podcast episode, oh. was, my jaw fucking dropped. It's so, hip so hip. funny. I was just like,
0: oh my gosh oh, yes. damn
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes different
0: dick same motherfucker okay mm-hmm. um and if you haven't heard that it's basically like you like i think there's a spiritual quote that's not like dick and you know all of that maybe wayne dyer <laughs> says it but I, uh, you know i gotta cardi b everything up and and it's like faces change but energy stays the same
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's exactly. a great 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 movie cloud atlas if you haven't seen that please go watch it mm-hmm people in past lives and it's like the same people, but different energy, different faces, different. And you just, you're so right. Like I love where you're at now. Cause obviously you're not, you're not where you were, but you can mm-hmm. see like shit, like who you became and what needed to happen. And like, I feel like you're almost as excited as me about when you're in bad shit, because you know, like, okay, hold on, what's going to happen here. Like I'm going to learn. <laughs> so, okay. So there was a yeah, pattern. We- Yes. Yeah,
1: so yes, it yes, we patterns, before. the same red flags coming up. Um, but I think because I was like overseas, I was excited. I was like, I'm fucking living on my own. Like, I, yeah. was, I was 19, 18, 19 when I met him. I didn't yeah. even know who I was.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, let alone my own boundaries. Mm. How Many kids know, really know their boundaries when they're a teenager. Yeah, yeah emotional physical relationship boundaries. Um so so yeah I didn't learn that lesson the first time and obviously it was like I I just got to this point where I was like fool me once shame on yeah. you fool me twice. Shame <laughs> my ass because yeah. I wonder if this happens again. Yes. <laughs> so um oh, goodness. Yeah. It's it's nice to um I guess the only way to put it is I'm glad that I signed up for this because I think if I hadn't, I'd still be sulking every day, crying. I'm, you know, healing is fucking messy. When yes. you're, <laughs> you're crying, for anybody who hasn't done the inner work yet, when you start to work on your shit and start to heal yourself, it's not pretty. It's not sunflowers and rainbows and butterflies. It's you're literally it's like you're taking your heart and you're chiseling away the cement that you put around it so that you can finally let everything soft happen again um but i'm still yeah. working on my savage <laughs> yes i i love that yes. that is that is
0: and i think like the biggest thing that you did cuz i don't know when you found how we found each other when you found the the podcast or if it was instagram or what it was but like you left. So like that was, that's such a huge part of this story. And if you're okay to like talk about just that part. So you were in this, you got two kids, you don't feel mm-hmm. safe. Kids aren't, you don't feel like the kids are safe. Clearly you want to get out of this relationship, but obviously there's, and there's so many women. Um, and we gave a trigger warning in the beginning of this episode for that, because obviously domestic violence is something that affects so many women Um mm-hmm and so many children, and it's really sad. But the thing is that, you know, I think the fear that was felt, like, is real, that you felt about leaving or about wanting to mm-hmm. make a decision, like, can you talk to that a little bit, like, how you moved from yeah. there to here or to where you are now? Yeah,
1: of course. Um I think that's the most – that was the biggest, like, breakthrough for me is it was – realizing that i'm not in love with this person i don't know if i ever was yeah and just being so honest with yourself like finally living in your truth that was big for me and and once i got to that point i was like i'm fucking unstoppable like yeah I, I, at the same time i was scared but i was also like a runaway train that you couldn't stop yeah in my head i was like i'm so fucking scared for my life but nothing's gonna stop me i gotta i gotta end this um so yeah so i told you about when my therapist looked at me in the face and was like your husband's a narcissist that was literally like a year into therapy i went to her for four years Mm -hmm. so for the next three years you can imagine i made every excuse in the book for him i did whatever he asked you know in the best way that i could to try and please him and make him happy um and then uh it was it kind of started when i decided i didn't want to be in the military anymore i was like i'm tired of living for other people living on their terms Mm -hmm. you know i'm like there's so much more to this life i i was craving the adventure and I was just tired of living in scarcity, um, living from paycheck to paycheck and just coming home from work and dreading it. I already didn't like being at work and then I'd come home and dread being home. Yeah. And um, going to my therapist is what sparked like me going into self-development working on myself and the more that i did that over time the more me and him started to like butt heads he he did not like the fact that i was starting to speak up for myself and find my truth you know find my fucking power um he liked being in control so when i told him i didn't want to be in the military anymore he's like well what are we gonna do i'm like I don't fucking know. We're going to figure shit out. You know, we're, we can make it happen. I'm like, we're one. P- the the, the <laughs> our United States military is 1%. Yeah. I, everybody else, they're doing it. It doesn't mean that we can't do it. You know, like it's okay. Um, so when my youngest was about to turn a year old is when I decided I wanted to become a doula. I had just found out. What a doula was, what they do, and you know, and I was just barely skimming the surface. I mean, now I'm like pff, mind blown, you know, <laughs> Angel Phoenix Arsenal. Um, but so I told him I wanted to do that, and there were so many things like that I wanted to do. And I tell him, and I'm like, hey, I want to become a nutritionist, hey, I want to become a holistic health coach, hey, I want to do this. And it was like, no. We don't have the money for that, but we would have the funds for it. Yeah. Like, no, when are you going to do that? You can't do that. Who's going to hire you? Like, are you going to even be good at that? And I believe it. I believe every fucking word. Wow. And so I just got to the point where I was like, I'm tired of not living, you yeah. know? And then being away from family, that made it harder. Um. So I kept working on myself, you know? getting into like following people on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's this whole world out there. You know, like life is more than just the military and raising kids. I'm more than a mother and a wife yes, girl, you know, um, just like we all are. So he didn't really like that. He was very much in the scarcity mindset might still be, I don't know. Um, Because it got to the point where I was like, working on myself so much. I ended up reading this book called um, The Big Leap. Yes. And I can't remember the author's name, so my bad, dude. But that book took <laughs> we'll me to it. a whole another level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll that book took me now. to a whole another level. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. This is amazing. And basically, he he helps you like break those invisible ceilings that are in your brain that are imaginary. People are like, oh, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. And yeah. it's like you're getting in your own way. You're self-sabotaging yourself. Um, so for a while, you know, by the way, we were together for seven years, wow. um, eight for anybody listening. So this is, it sounds like, Oh yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened. That doesn't seem like a lot, but this was over a seven year. Yeah, wow. Um, so yeah, I got into like self-development and then wanted to do more than just the military And I still didn't become a doula. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to put that on hold. Extended my contract with the Air Force. And then finally, I just got to the point where I was like, "Mm -mm, I can't do this anymore. So to kind of shorten this part up so we can get into like other stuff. um, When I got, when I was about to get out of the military is when I started to really pay attention to what the fuck was in my face. Mm. Um, So if anybody doesn't know like traits of a narcissistic person or a narcissist, uh, because you can have trait narcissistic traits and not be like a full blown narcissist, but there are not just things like verbal abuse and manipulation you know, and gaslighting, there's also financial abuse. Yeah. So I'm talking like I paid off his debt a few times. Um, It was just always me. Like there was so much weight on my shoulders. I felt like I was just constantly carrying the world. And um, so once he started to see like, well... What is she gonna? What is she bringing to the table? If she's not doing this, what is she bringing to the table? Um, I became a doula right before I separated from the military, like literally four months, wow. and um, <clears throat> attended a few births, which was so amazing. All of them, every single one of them. Um, but it was like once I wasn't bringing that income. And once I started to get like turned off by the person who was living with me, you know, I started to see him for who he really was. He, I mean, he saw that too, but didn't want to admit it. Yeah. Think. And so, excuse me, I think I burped. Um, That's all good. This
0: is, this is the Keeper um, Real podcast. I'm sure somebody opened the yep, door earlier. I've Fuck been it. drinking <laughs> so much water. Um, yeah, I'm so- gonna fart in five minutes, so it's okay. <laughs>
1: Um, so I get out of the military. This was literally this past November. Okay. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I separated from the air force and, um, I got, I even got like a, like a separation check from the air force, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Narcissistic husband doesn't fucking spend it all. So that's what happened to me. Um, or should I say for me because yes, girl. Be blessed. <laughs> um, we, so following that we went to Chris, we went to visit his side of the family for the holidays and so much shit went down where I just got to the point where I was like, do I even want to do this? Like it was just slowly, like I was lifting the wool from my own eyes. Yeah. And, um, he would just do things like I started to pay more attention to his actions versus his words, you know, cause for That's so long, huge. I just, exactly. I just, I let all the words get to me. And then once I started to pay more attention and I think the reason why I started to see instead of here, yeah. um, was because I was no longer active duty military. I was at home. Mm at home nearly 24 seven. So I was like, we were constantly around each other and I was just like, I don't think I really like this,
0: person. I don't like this guy. Was he working yeah. by any chance? Like, was he working and helping you
1: or was it like, um, I'm going to stay at home? Well, when, when I was pregnant with our second, he worked, um, for a little bit. Um, and at the time I didn't realize, but I did have some, um, Antenatal depression, prenatal depression, and um, I was also taking full-time online college classes, and so I was super stressed out. I was exhausted, and so I was like, oh, "Don't go to work! Like, I'm so tired." And yeah, like, well, I'm trying to bring in more income, so that didn't help, you know. Mm. But he ended up uh, quitting, and then he didn't. He didn't ever work again until. Um, he went to school right after, like, so I was like eight weeks postpartum and he ended up going to night school. So I was full time all day. Wow. And then I'd come home and I'd be like breastfeeding, trying to feed the, the oldest. And also, um, they sent me to something called airman leadership school. So that's basically a 12 hour day and you have to study shit and you get tested on it every week. And then at the end you have to take a big ass test and like your career depends on it. And I was like this bullshit. Like I'm eight, I'm eight weeks postpartum. Why are y'all putting me through this?
0: Yeah.
1: But I did it.
0: (laughs) Girl, don't even get me started about the army, a military. Oh yeah. 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 I
1: mean, looking back, I was like more of it was in my head than I realized, but it, but it's very exhausting um, physically. Mm. So, so, yeah, the majority of the time he was a stay at home dad. And um, so, you know, I could see how I can really understand, you know, in hindsight, how he was just like frustrated. Yeah. You know, however, if you have been abused in your life, if you have ever been through trauma, if you are ever angry or frustrated it's not an excuse to abuse somebody else. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's what was so hurtful is I could see that he was hurting and I was the one basically paying for it. Um, So yeah, being home full time, just really opened my eyes to all of it. And then go to this most recent February of this year, we came here to El Paso, Texas, so I can attend um, a VBAC as a doula and um, that was freaking amazing. But while we were here, it was my mom who was like, okay, so I, I flew in like a couple weeks before him and the kids. And then he drove the kids all the way here so that they can also spend a couple weeks here and visit family. So I'm here for two weeks on my own. And my mom's like, oh my gosh, like, look at you. You're out of the military. You're flourishing into this, into like your own person. And then he gets here. My mom's like, he got here, and I noticed there's like this big dark cloud over you. She's like, You're walking on eggshells. You're not basically your fully expressed self. Yeah. So I was I don't want to say I was in denial. I was kind of in this, like, I was on the fence. Yeah. I was like, am I going to jump or not? Am I going to take this leap or not? And um, when we got back, got back to Georgia, and that's when shit hit the fan. I don't know what the fuck it was. (laughs) (laughs) But all of a sudden, it was like he was in my face yelling at me telling me why aren't you doing this this way like because this is what happened because I was staying at home I was also trying to <laughs> keyword trying because this shit is hard I was trying to homeschool our oldest and I I realize now that I did it because he wanted that mm. um I should have just sent his ass to public school because I was like Oh my gosh, I'm still transitioning from being active duty military to being a civilian again. And for any veterans out there, I fucking feel you. I know what that shit is like. It's not fucking easy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so he would always just say stuff like you know, I was when I was at home, I was doing this. This is how you should do it. I'm literally telling you how to do this and you're not doing it. And I'm looking at him like, dude, I'm not you. Yeah. Just because we're supposed to be a team doesn't mean we have to be the exact same person. And I just was, I was, I just got so fucking tired of being talked to like I was a piece of shit. Yeah, you were open. Your eyes were open.
0: You were paying attention. You were listening. You were like, get into the, I'm done and over it. And yeah. I can believe that was February this year. In the in yeah. the meantime, were you listening to podcasts? Were you like, were you doing any work on yourself? Were you did you have any mentors? I know you were following Angel because she did a massive thing with doula work. Um, y'all know who Angel is? Talk about it all the time homegirl, Bestie, <laughs> at Angela Gallo, and the doula work and and doing all of that. So were you like up leveling your mind and getting on to people to inspire you whilst you are opening your eyeballs and seeing the narcissist and all the things that are in front of you or still fab nothing.
1: Not at all. I was, I was literally in my own little bubble of victim land. I was a hundred percent like what the fuck is happening to me? My world is getting flipped upside down. Um, I'm talking like I wasn't working. He wasn't working. He was in the middle of like trying to start a business And it was just always like, I need you to pay for this. I need you to pay for this. And I'd be like, okay, here. And afterwards I'd be like, why the fuck did I even do that? And then, um, what really like shook me up was two things. Okay. He, when he started like raising his voice at me, yelling at me and just saying really fucking ugly things to my face. And it wasn't like name calling or anything. It was just. Insults, belittling,
0: yeah.
1: Lighting me. If y'all don't know what gaslighting is, look it up or watch the movie called Gaslight. It was from, uh, it was made in 1944 and it was about, um, this woman married to a man who basically she witnesses her husband murder somebody and he knows that she witnessed it. So he, goes into their cellar and you know back then they had a gaslight and every time you turn it down the lights would go down and so he would do it little by little and he'd drive her crazy um and it was my therapist who told me about this movie yeah. and by the way like she she was the one that was like wake up this is happening and um so he would gaslight me like i'm talking you have you have blonde hair. And I'd be like, no, I don't. And he'd be like, yes, you do. And eventually it was like, I believe that I have blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. Hair is like dark as night. So that's what gaslighting is. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Like when you think about it and then when you go through it and you find out that other people are going through it. Yeah. It's really mind boggling because you're like, oh my gosh. So you're here. So
0: heartbreaking. I know. Um, and it's, I feel like to, I want to get to where you move because I, I really think that the power is in your, like that decision that you had and that, how you felt
1: like, so. Yeah. Okay. So, and to, to answer your question, um, like I said, I was in that bubble. I was, I was like trying to make my dual business work. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know like if I didn't work on my own shit, that doula business was never going to take yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I ended up finding Angel on Instagram. I don't remember how. I was probably searching hashtags or something because that's how I would find a lot of things. And um, so I found her, and I I was just mind blown. I was like, oh my gosh her, she has like a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Or so anytime she'd go live, I'd be like, okay, what can I learn today? You know, cause at the time she was still delaying and yeah. like births and stuff. Um, and so she shared you in one of her stories or a post, something like that. And I clicked on your profile and I'm like, okay, well, pink's not my favorite color, but, <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, so I checked your stuff out and I saw that you had a podcast and I'm like, Hmm. Okay. At the time, the only podcast I was listening to were like birth podcasts by other doulas. And I was listening to birth Aloud radio by, uh, Kristen Pascucci and, um, you know, just all about birth. And then I started listening to your podcast and that was in like March, April. Yeah. Wow. It was okay. Switch got flipped. Yeah. Because at the same time I was, um, following this woman on Instagram. So her Instagram name is narc proof and thriving, but her name is Sarah Komodo. She's actually in Australia, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, she is an abusive relationship recovery coach. So I found her Instagram and so she posts stuff to educate people about like basically teaching you about the signs that you could be in an abusive relationship and so every time she posts something and i read like the definition of gaslighting and love bombing and um the trauma bond by the way look all these terms up if you haven't
0: yes girl just
1: good to know um it was just a hundred percent validation where i was just sitting there thinking to myself okay this, this is not a fucking game anymore. Like, this is real. This is happening to me. And um, so then listening to your podcast, it was like an exorcism. It was like, oh my god. <laughs> Going back to those two things, him talking to me the way that he did in front of my oldest. When I When he would do that and I'd see my oldest son like sitting there listening to that shit i was like Mm. this is not okay yeah um and then the second thing was one day he got so angry because the dog made a mess in our bathroom that he basically beat the shit out of her and we weren't even in the same room i heard it from another room my seven-year-old heard it as well and the look on his face it it terrified me more than the fact that he was hurting the dog yeah So that's when I was like, and this was like late April, early May. And that's when I was like, okay, we got to get the fuck out. Yeah. So I remember shortly after that, I called my mom. And um, let her know, like, I finally admitted to myself and I admitted to her, like, this is what's going on. And I want to get out. And at the same time, I was like going to my therapist and I told my therapist and my therapist was like, I've been waiting for this day (laughs) for years. (laughs) At first, she's like, no judgment, you know, she, cause she, she knew she was like, she was like, I'm so proud of you. Like I've been waiting for this. And, um, so yeah, at that point I was like, all right. I know that there's no such thing as a plan going perfectly smooth, but I ended up basically coming out with like my plan A B C all the way to freaking F, like us yes. because I was like, okay, I gotta do this or I gotta do that, you know, and um I was running out of money. You know, neither of us were working. Um we were in a small town. So there was not a lot I mean we were away from family too, so that didn't help. You know, yeah. I was being from family. He would tell me things like your family doesn't care about you or he would put shit in my ear about like, oh, this friend of yours is a shitty friend. So then, you know, I would distance myself from people. Um, Yeah. yeah. It was, it was like the early, late spring, early summer where I was like, this is it. Yeah. I've got to do it. So (laughs) it was, I think it was right before my birthday. Actually, it was, right be- yeah, it was right before my birthday in early May. Um, nothing went as planned. Like, yeah. it all just started to fucking crumble. Nothing went as planned. I ended up telling him that I was considering divorce. And this is how you know <laughs> you're dealing with an asshole, is he wasn't even like, what can I do? How can I change? It was, who the fuck have you been talking to?
0: Wow, yeah.
1: So that just kind of confirmed it. I was just like, "Hmm." okay, (laughs) well, I made this decision on my own. Thank you very much. Um, So there was that. And then I, I just ended up telling him like, you talk to me like shit. You don't, Mm. you don't validate any of my feelings. You know, you, you tell me I'm too sensitive, you know, like what is that? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, exactly. I faced him. I finally told him how I was feeling, and yeah, it was, it was like he tried to grasp. Of course, me. yeah. So that, that became kind of scary. You know, it turned into my daily life was basically me coming up with ways in my head to get out And then I'd listen to your podcast for like motivation. And then I'd call my mom fucking bawling my eyes out. And then every single day I was just like, what can I do today to get closer and closer to getting out? So this is how I got out. Uh, You know, it, it really helped that I have family support. I understand that not everybody who's going through something like this has family support. And so if you're listening to this and you don't, please reach out to organizations mm. and shelters and stuff. Like, please, please do it. Um, so it really helped that I had, like, supportive friends and family. And, you know, once I told them, like, look, this is what's going on with me. I really need you to just support me in whatever way that you can. And some of them were like, yeah, we know, honey, like, we're here for you. Nice. And the world, you know. So um, because... I was in the military, they, I still had like my final, uh, my final move to wherever I wanted. So I told him, I was like, "Mm." at first I told him like me and the kids are going to go visit home. And he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. You should only he wanted me to fly. He didn't want me to drive. So my plan was I'm going to drive and we're just not going to come back. Yeah. it that didn't work because then he was just trying to be controlling and then it was like okay well i'm gonna do this and then when you're dealing with a narcissist what happens is it's like you're playing mental chess with somebody they're better at it than you are you're walking on eggshells you're trying to figure out you know like what do i do and what do i say so that it was like let me make it seem like this is all his idea so he can be cool with it yeah which is fucked up like mm you have to do that with your own husband, mm. you know? Um, so finally I just got to the point where I go to the duty station that I was stationed at. Cause we're still in the same town. And I go to the office where you schedule like your moves or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, I'm trying to, this is what's going on with me. When's the like, soonest you all can move me. I'm going from here to here. And they were like, oh, you, um, yeah, you barely made the cutoff. And wow. I mean, talk about the universe having my back like this whole wow. time. Everything just ended up falling into place. At the time, it didn't feel like it. It felt like every possible thing that could get in my way did. But they were like, yep, the end of July is what you can aim for. And so I was like, perfect. We can get there at the end of July, right before school starts. You know, that's going to be hectic yeah. or whatever at the same time, I'm updating like my family. And so I looked into like selling my house that didn't work out. So I don't have, like, I lost my house. I couldn't even sell it. Um, Cause I couldn't afford it. Um, I even ended up asking him like, Hey, if I put up the house for sale, you want to go halves with me on the mortgage so that we can hopefully if we sell it and we make anything off of it, we can both benefit from it. Like I was still willing to do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked at me straight in my face
0: and was like, no. So tell me, so you decided like, fuck it, we're going. Mm-hmm. You went, did you,
1: did you end up driving? Yeah. We drove all the way from South Georgia to West Texas. And that was a two day drive. Uh, we left at 4 a.m., i did call him in the morning and i said hey you know we're about to go if you want to come and say goodbye to the boys that's the hardest thing
0: yeah
1: is having children with this person because (laughs) he is still very much a part of them yeah and they are very much an extension of him Mm. and ignore that you know it's really hard to be the bigger person yeah So you know, I did that. We left at—I kid you not—I still remember looking at the clock in my car, (laughs) pulling out of the driveway, and I'm like, "It's four a.m. I'm right on time to my new life."
0: Wow.
1: So yeah, May, June. This was July at the end of July.
0: July. So this. Yeah. So it uh, was like
1: late April, early May that I decided I was done with this. I'm. I'm gonna do my own thing. And, um, and then July, like it, it, didn't, I'm very fortunate that the stars alive and so soon because some people, it takes them years.
0: Yeah. But you also were actively seeking some part of you, your soul, your spirit, your whatever was seeking some thing. And as you said, like you were finding hashtags, you were trying to, you were actively trying to do something so you were not passive in this narcissistic relationship you were yes you, know, you, you were giving it a go and you were listening and you were following signs and so july i don't think i had met did i i don't think i had met you yet in july
1: um or messaging it was the end of june when you um when you opened up the online sisterhood and cuz
0: cuz it started in august that's right yeah
1: Yeah. So it was in June. And the only reason I remember that is because at the end of June is my youngest, my youngest son's birthday. And uh, the mother-in-law had came into town for it. And while his birthday was the excuse, I'm, I felt like it was for her to get a closer look at what was going on. And uh, because by this time, like everybody knew we were like having problems and, you know, yeah, blah. And um, (laughs) I, you know, took her to the store because she wanted to go to to the store to pick up a few things. And she ended up bringing up mine and his relationship and what was going on. And she was pretty much trying to pry. And um, I told her, look, you know, I'm not happy. And this is what's going on. And she ended up trying to justify some of his actions. Cause it wasn't just the verbal abuse and emotional manipulation, the gaslighting and stuff. Um, I ended up finding out that he was um, messaging other women, like entertaining them. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, tell me had a wife and kids too. No. Yeah. Thanks. yeah. Um, and so she would, you know, justify his actions which was unfortunate and i and she basically was like if you're so done why haven't you just packed up and left yet and i'm looking at her like girl i'm going (laughs) uh number one it's not that easy number two i have a whole property in my name like i'm i'm trying to go about this like a little bit formal and have like i typed up a whole separation agreement we ended up going to um an unbiased therapist that neither of us knew she was um a licensed counselor and basically what happened was he asked me if i'd be willing to go to marriage counseling and i was like sure and we get there and she's like do you guys she looked at me or she looked at him and she's like do you want to work this out and he's like yes of course and then she looks at me and she's like do you want to work this out? And at that point, it's like the who wants to be a millionaire, like dun dun, like yeah. what's the and I looked at him and I said, No.
0: Wow.
1: Work on this. And she said, Okay. She said, if one doesn't want to work on it and the other does, she said, Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. But so from here on out, I'm my job is to help you move forward and focus on the kids. Awesome. And so she, so my first therapist of four years told me, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but this is what's going on. And then this woman, we ended up going to a few sessions with her and I had the opportunity to talk to her alone in private. And she looked at me and she said, I just want you to know that I think you're doing the right thing and i was like thank you so much for saying that and i broke down and she was like you don't have to say it she said from the day i met him i knew like she's like not even 30 minutes into the conversation she's like he's a textbook narcissist
0: yeah yeah and so wow honey Gosh. it was like
1: putting salt yeah. on an open wound but at the same time it felt good because i was like i know I i'm know,
0: not crazy I yes
1: it. yeah yeah and um and so you know to kind of touch on what you said about like, I was doing like the soul searching and stuff. Had I not decided that I wanted to become a doula, I never would have found my voice. I never would have paid more attention to my intuition because, Mm. you know, I had to teach women. I have to coach women on how to listen to their intuition. How the fuck can I do that if I'm not doing it myself? Yeah. So I think that's where things started to really like gain momentum you know, because I was reading about like womb wisdom and, you know, being empowered and blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, yeah, you can you can be married and still be empowered and still have your own opinions and, yeah, you know, still have your own thoughts and stuff. But for the longest time, I didn't think that. I didn't even know that. You know, one of my best friends, she is also an abusive relationship survivor. And um, we talk all the time and uh, about this and you know where she's by the way shout out to Hallie she <laughs> is doing uh loving what is she's doing Byron Katie's work
0: oh go girl
1: um yeah she loves your podcast by the way awesome. um uh, <laughs> shout out shout out girlfriend so um <laughs> we talk all the time about how like when you're going through this it, it's such a you're in such a,
0: a whirlwind
1: such a dark place on yeah. your own. You don't realize that there are other people going through the same thing. You don't realize that you're not alone. Like, yeah. I didn't know what a narcissist was. I didn't know any of this was possible. I didn't know somebody could be this, this type of person, you know, and, yeah. and I, she, and um, so yeah, we we both, when I called her and I told her like, hey, this is what's going on. I know that maybe you can give me some insight. And she was like, holy shit she's like are you kidding me you know and it's easy to cover up things it's easy to make it look like everything's all good and dandy
0: of course and i think like something where you know you deciding to go i'm going to take my family i'm going to go and do it and that's kind of i remember speaking to you when we had when you did end up joining the global sisterhood and i want to ask like briefly because we're going to wrap in a minute but i want to ask briefly like What was it that made you go, I don't have the money for this, but I'm going to do this or like that point of, so now you're not in, you're not in Georgia, you're in Texas Mm -hmm. and you're about to invest in yourself with some random lady that you don't know. No, I
1: was in Georgia when I signed You were still
0: in Georgia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't moved yet. Oh my goodness, girl. Okay. Um. (laughs) So like what was just for people that are out there going, I don't have the money. My life isn't ideal. Shit's crazy. I don't want to... Uh, I'm scared to invest in myself or I can invest it or whatever it is. Like, what was that part? If you can speak to that.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that you've told me before that I still, it like replays over in my head all the time is that anger can be a good thing because from anger, we get action. We take action out of our anger. Yeah. And so when, when the mother-in-law was in town and I told her about, you know, all this and that, she looked at me and was like, you belong in a mental hospital. She was like, if I was if I was a doctor, I'd put you in a mental hospital because you're trying to take care of all this when you have this going on and you're just so done with the relationship. She's like, Why would you why would you do that before leaving? And yeah. I don't know what it was about that. I mean, talk about a fucking trigger. But that just Pissed me off so bad. I was just like, okay. <laughs> I'm watch. Yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. Rebel. You know, <laughs> I just got to to this, I just hit this point where I was like, all right, y'all watch. Watch what happens. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were literally driving her to the airport. And I checked my phone and I got your email. And it said, you know, like the global sisterhood is is up. You know, early bird sign up for the early bird, and you know this and that. And you know, I obviously put myself on the wait list because otherwise I wouldn't have gotten that email. But I was in the back seat of the car, and I was looking at my kids, and I was trying not to cry. Hmm. I didn't want to bring up like any type of conversation with him or her, and. I was like, I have to fucking do this. Like my gut was literally on fire. And so I know that for anybody who like listens to their intuition, has become one with their intuition the way I have learned to do. Um your gut literally is just like telling you like what what are you waiting for? Just do it. Yeah. So I logged into like my Amex account and I'm like, (laughs) how much credit do I have? (laughs) And, um, I had more than enough at the time. And I was just like, no question. Yeah. I've got to do this for me. If I do this for me, my kids are going to benefit from it. You know, I just, I knew, I knew deep down that if I walk away from all of this, And I don't, if I walk away and I don't Mm. fucking take action and I don't fucking create the life that I want, Mm. what the fuck is the point? Is the cycle really going to be broken? Yeah. I just knew that doing the inner work with you was like my answer to breaking the cycle.
0: Mm. Like none of this shit happened for nothing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And my mom, bless her, fuck, I love I love you so much, mom. She broke the cycle for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going through all of this, she understood. She understands completely. Yeah. I just, I got to that point where I told myself, like, what the fuck is the point if you really don't break the cycle? Like, you you really have to do it, you know? So Shout I out just, to Mama. Yes.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> wow. yeah, I just
1: I just hit that point where I was just like, I've gotta do this. And then it made it that much better where I was projecting to leave in July and then I was like perfect, that gives me a month to like sort some shit out and then the sisterhood's gonna start in August. <laughs> yeah. My homework. Yes. Uh. But it's Oh, my gosh. Best I can't believe I ever made. Was July, dude. Like,
0: for, <laughs> y'all don't know. I know this woman. And I'm like, wow. Like, do you see this? Like, I want you, when you re-listen to this episode and you listen to who that was, that story in the beginning and who she was and mm-hmm. even before her when that other relationship when you were 18 to, like, oh, I got, like, chills everywhere. Well, oh, I got chills everywhere. And it's a hot day. So they're like real chill. It's not because it's cold. Um, Yeah. Like seeing you like make that move, do the thing and then sign up to this thing that you're like, maybe this is going to help. And then now, obviously like who you are now, what's happening in your world now, like what did you, what do you feel from doing this for you? Right. It could have been any program, but doing this like sisterhood, obviously there's women that are holding space for you and we're doing this together globally. Mm -hmm. But, like, what for you has been the big, like, fuck moment or moments that have, like, impacted you and, like, shifted you to now you're totally different, right?
1: So, a couple of weeks after we got here, the massive shooting in El Paso happened. Hmm. And I was uh, I was at the mall with my kids. I wasn't at that mall. But, nonetheless, I was out in public and I was on the same side of town. And I was still in this mindset Of just being so fucking afraid when I moved here. It didn't click right away. It didn't click that I was in a safe space. It didn't click that I had survived. It didn't click that. I did it. Hmm. Even though I hadn't dove into the inner work yet. You know, I still did such a big thing. You know, every time somebody leaves an abusive relationship we let somebody else know that it's possible and that they can do it and that they can yeah. survive. And so when that shooting happened, I was, I was just beginning to feel okay again after two weeks. And then it was like, it just all came back. And, um, and I just had this moment. Finally, like you sent me Wim Hof's breathing tutorial, which is awesome. Yeah. They'll do it till this day. Um, and I just, I was reflecting and I had this moment of like, I, all of this happened for me so that I can hold space for other women. once I've done the work so that I can hold space for people who have experienced trauma and, um, and then that, that first module doing Byron Katie's work, Mm. That was like kind of breaking a mirror with my face. Like I know that sounds so, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just like, thank you. Look, like just look at look at yourself and realize that you are more in control than you realize. Mm. You are more in control than you realize. If you don't like the job that you're at, you can leave. Yeah. If you don't like the relationship that you're in, you can walk away. If you don't like the clothes that you have, you know, you can yeah. find amazing clothes. You know, Um. that was just... <sighs> module one is what it was. Mm. It was just taking a look at myself and my own thoughts and going into the mind.
0: I feel like you got your power, too. Like, you really we're looking to being in this narcissistic relationship. It's very much like he had the control and he mm-hmm. didn't want you or anybody else to have any control, your therapist or anybody. So it's really amazing seeing you now because you are so on purpose. You show the fuck up so much. you doula business. I love the thing we talked recently and you were saying like, everybody's talking about you and like, you're the doula that people want to book. And you're like, what? Like, my doula business is going off and like people are booking with me and wanting to work with me and like, <laughs> but it's because you're, you're visible. Like people can see you cause you're showing up yeah. and you're on social media and you're like, I, I don't see that other woman at all because it's like, you're so expressive and so okay with you and out there. Um, yeah.
1: And it, and it took, it took, it took so much work in such a short yeah. amount of time. To get here, <laughs> yeah, it's so short. I'm like, if you're listening, yeah, you're it hasn't like, been that long. It's been like two months, and yeah, we started you know, August 11th,
0: 1111, mm-hmm. 11, y'all. In case you didn't know, so on purpose, we Bam. started August 11th. <laughs> oh, not 1111. 11. We we started August 11th.
1: Oh, I thought you meant like it was 1111 11 where
0: you're at. <laughs> well, it was I launched at 1111? 11, 11, the secret sauce. I was just like wanted to do that. I thought that was cool, Um, and. From August, September, October, we're recording this the 29th of October in Australia, or the 28th of October, where Andrea (laughs) is in America. And I can't believe, because physically your face has changed, like um, your your aura, like your energy, like the the level of confidence that comes off of you. And she is a soul, y'all. This woman is a mama soul, like she doulas everybody in the sisterhood. We love her. She's... (laughs) Literally a walking heart, right? Um, Shout out to my sisters. <laughs> accountability sisters. Um, but even even like the tribe and having other women that share similar stories in a place that I feel like too, it's so safe. And I think you maybe weren't in a place where you felt it safe. Is. Right? To feel safe now mm-hmm. and seen. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. And it's funny you say that about like how my face has changed. mm. Uh, cause I've had a lot of like my close friends and my family, they're like, oh my gosh, your skin looks so good. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, well, long story short, <laughs> I got myself a life coach. <laughs> I got myself a life coach and
0: I'm not in a narcissistic relationship. Narcissists are yes. not good for your face.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so for anybody who doesn't know me, um, I had issues with eczema since i was an infant like since i was a a baby and um you know coming and going like obviously i had good days with it you know had bad days with eczema if anybody out there has had eczema or you have it right now like i feel you that shit sucks um but it's deeper than just a skin issue Mm. when any type of skin issue especially eczema it's actually built up anger it's ability it's uh things metaphorically getting under your skin yes and then combine that with depression anxiety you know my anxiety was so bad that when i slept in the same bed as this man i was in the fetal position and it wasn't until the air force sent me out of town for work for like a few a couple weeks or whatever and um I noticed that I slept better. I slept like a fucking baby. When you weren't there, wow. When I wasn't with him. That was eye-opening to me. Like when I finally noticed that. And um <laughs> I'd get home and I'd be sleeping like shit again. My body was yeah. was completely tense. So you combine that type of stress, mm. already skin issues, and then like a poor diet.
0: Mm.
1: And you start to work on that stuff and you manage your thoughts and you're reading these amazing books that are not mainstream and you're actioning everything that you're reading, not only does your, does your mind change, but like your physical health improves. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, people are like, Oh, your skin is so clear. And I'm like, yo, I eat water. I eat the food. (laughs) I intermittent. (laughs) And I do the inner work
0: like, yes. And I sleep like a baby now. So I love that though, because it's like from inside out, like, it's not about getting nice shoes and lipstick. It's like, if Mm -hmm. the inside of you, if you're miserable and you're sad and there's depression and there's anxiety and there's stress, how is it going to come out of you? And it's definitely, you Mm -hmm. have a glow, like you've always had great skin, but you have a glow girl, (laughs) glow girl. (laughs) Um, and it is so (laughs) beautiful to watch. Obviously, See, for me, seeing you from then till now and even where you're going, like you're constantly you're, what I love about you. And I just want to honor you publicly and, and, and tell you thank you, because obviously you shared that story. And I know it wasn't always easy to share that and going through that. And so I honor you so much, but also your ability to continuously show up. And like, try and and, and make it happen. And, and even if it's wrong, or if it's not the right thing, or it's like, you don't stop, you know, and I, and I love that about you. And I think that that to me is where I see me, I'm like, you know what, that's that resilience, like, where you're not just you don't give up. And even though you want to give up and there were many times where maybe at the time you felt like you gave up, but there was another way and you just turn this way slightly. And I just, I just really honor you for who you are and what you've done and the mother that you are and the doula. If you get to work with this woman and um, at the end, she's going to tell us where you can find her so you can stalk her and send her all the love. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yes, because I know this podcast is going to be helping so many women out there who are in similar positions and maybe don't even know it. But I just think that it's so beautiful that all of this gets to be a part of who you've become and that you are still shifting and changing and evolving but you're you're out there like you are showing the world who you are and and obviously that's affecting your business that's affecting social that's affecting every part of you and your skin is fantastic of course <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you and thank you for thank you for just facilitating this space for people to share their story for, you know, in the sisterhood for us to hold space for each other, for us to listen to each other, for us to connect, you know, because of the connections that I've made. My friends from the fourth grade, they don't know half the shit that I've told some of my sisters, you know? like (laughs) um, These are really deep connections. So if any of you are contemplating Joining the sisterhood. Uh, yeah, don't even think twice. <laughs> Andrea will be the welcome committee for you. She'll
0: be like, <laughs> hey, girl. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what's to come. And you know, as you know, I'm on fire. And y'all know that listen to the podcast. We give our best shit on the podcast. There's no secret sauce. You can change your life just by listening to this podcast. You don't have to join shit. But if you do want to make some shit happen in your world, I really think that. It, you showcase that women can do this, you know, that we are the ones that take the action and that we are the ones that determine how our life turns out. Um, yeah. Let us know yeah, you where can we can, yeah. Where can we find <laughs> you? What do you do? What do you offer if someone wants to be doula and loved up? Um, <laughs> how can we find you and what's your Insta? So we can tag you once we're listening to the podcast.
1: Okay, so um. So my website is essentialsforbirth.com. Awesome and um so i am a doula um i do work with women who not just want the coaching and the sport the support and want that space to be held for them you know while they're in labor and while they are birthing um but i incorporate uh basically like you know uh some tidbits of self-development in there and not just for them but for Mm -hmm. their partners And um, I am also a Know Your Rights uh, graduate, which is a program that the Birth Monopoly Monopoly has by Kristen Piscucci. So basically, as a doula, I am able to guide my clients um, and help them know about informed consent and refusal, know about hospital policies and navigating, you know, the medical system, and just how to become an informed consumer, how to make decisions for themselves. And then, of course, I'm a huge advocate. So um, mm. when it comes to human or birth rights being violated, <laughs> I'll be the first person to stand with them. Yes. And so um, my Instagram is also Essentials for Birth. I'm also on Facebook. And I'm also working on um <clears throat> podcast. Oh, so hey! Be on the lookout for that. We are going to link
0: everything here. <laughs> I'm so ready for you to do a podcast. Come on!
1: Yes, I'm excited for it. Um, I I'm not announcing it yet, but if you follow me, you will be able to find out just by following me and everything. So. So stay tuned. Go go stalk her and stay tuned. Uh, If you
0: could pretty please share this as well, share the love, message her because, you know, I think this is such an important message and story because there are so many, as you said, women living this life right now or have just got out of it or maybe deep in it and don't even know it like you. So if you have enjoyed this episode, please reach out to Andrea. She'd love to hear from you. DM, tag us, share it. Andrea, te quiero mucho, mi mujer te amo. <laughs> thank you so much. Just oh, me, you're amazing. You are so amazing, and I, I just honor you for sharing so openly that story. And thank you for being who you are. There is so much more to come in your world, girlfriend. And your kids are so lucky
1: to have you as a mama. <laughs> thank you so much. This is, this was very scary, but yes. I've said before, I. I knew I was going to share my story and here I am and I'm going to keep sharing it. So yeah,
0: it's only the beginning.
1: Yes. Just getting started.
0: Thank you so much, honey.
1: Thank you. Thank you so
0: much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it. And if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to. And I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.